listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. Welcome to Fresh Take, Joshua Adam Weimar with Andy Kenyar. Podcast, working title. Working on the title for this podcast. Don't know. Name Yeah, <laughs> We're working on it right now. We will We will eventually come up with uh, what the title is. But probably by the time we get this podcast, you'll see the new fancy album art, as we have for all the new Fresh Take stuff as we're heading into 2024 and have new album art for all our podcasts. But Andy, how is it going? It's going great, man. How are you? I'm good. It's been really quiet for Marvel. Just not not a lot of stuff, really. No, super quiet. Like you know, it's it's almost as though they're uh, they're they're really picking up their a bit of relaxing time. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of stuff going on in the MCU. Uh, Sag is done. We talked about that on the Rundown podcast, but figured we saved the Variety article and then everything that has changed with andy we'll talk about that and there's a few dc things in there as well like superman legacy getting pushed back but let's start with loki it is done first of all just your overall thoughts on season two potentially and it looks like the final season of loki you know what i, I think i i stick with kind of the, the comments that we made in the last pod you know this I really enjoy this was such a it's a unique way of of storytelling you know it's not the very stereotypical dis or um you know Disney plus Marvel story um you know it, it I think this is what we were hoping for we you know when we had Loki we had WandaVision you know we had this idea that we were going to be able to do different types of stories and they weren't all going to kind of be the same. They weren't going to be very formulaic. They were going to have some some variety to them all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you, and you definitely um, get that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think... I think this is one of the, this is a story though, that, you know, actually ties itself up in a, in a very, a very cognizant way. You know, there's, a, there's some nods to, to, to comic book fans in it as well. Um, I could see though, that if you were not a comic book person and you watch this there, the season finale, there was probably be some head scratching moments of like, so what's going on? Um, you know, the last maybe, 20 minutes of the show i think it could be a little head scratchy for people who weren't who aren't necessarily comic book fans um but again it's sort of the nature of the beast when you get into multiverse time travel all that sort of stuff yeah i mean i'm assuming the next time we'll see loki will probably be secret wars maybe kane dynasty but more or less you know the tree of life i, I mean number one know your north mythology but also know your disney mythology because i i would I would I the first thing I wonder just being the Disney fan I was like you know I wonder if that tree of life in Animal Kingdom will have any addition now with Loki on top of it as kind of a wink in the parks so that was like the first thing that went through my head. Yeah, I mean it, it's very much I mean right to Vatrasil you know sort of the 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 story that is in Thor or the original Thor movie where you know he explains to Jane sort of how the the, the yeah. world's tree works. 
um, you know, how it, it, it incorporates the nine realms, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, there is a bit of a tie-in, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it later in the comic books um, in terms of what Loki becomes. And, you know, I think that it, it's a very, like I said, it's, I, I like that it is a little bit of a, uh, a, a tip of the cap to, to people who do know the comics, who do understand, yeah. you know, sort of the, the history of the character and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I, I like that there are always little rewards for having been a fan. And I think the the nice thing too is for Tom Hiddleston at least now it's a nice bow. So you're not just gonna like will, will Loki show up? Will Loki show up? If if a big event happens, he's kind of I don't want to say like a Madam Web type character, but you know what I'm saying, right? There is a certain realm where we know he is located. Now I don't know if he is he's not cognizant more or less, right? You can't just go and approach him and have a conversation with him. Um, you should be able to. I mean, as the yeah. you know as we'll talk about sort of as the the god of stories. Um, you know, he is, he's sort of the, the center point of all of that. And he does sort of, you know, his, where his position is, is very much sort of like he, he, he remains. It's, it's a place that's out of time. Um, so, you know, there should be some availability to it. You know, in a lot of ways, you know, you could make a lot of arguments that he's now just been put sort of on the tier of, you know, the living tribunal, like eternity, um, death, like he is now on that sort of truly God cosmic tier in terms of power. Um, And, you know, there could be very much some very cool ways that you could bring him in um, where, you know, you could really show sort of the OP nature of his, of his character now. Um, You know, the, the idea that he, by his own power, basically can control the, the time slipping, which is really, he's a, a, a personal temp pen. You know, he can travel mm. through the multiverse on his own without, you know, requiring any technology um, is, is a pretty cool thing. Um, and, you know, you could very much use him in the sense of when you're creating in Secret Wars, if you're creating Battle World or whatever, you know, he is now a character that could go around and he could go to all the different versions of different characters and bring them all back to one place. Absolutely. Uh, I, I thought this episode was specifically very Loki-centric. Did a very good job of... It, it did feel like a very much of a wrap-up of the Loki character story, right? Uh, this was kind of Absolutely. his great purpose. Like he said, you know, from the very start in, in Thor 1, like, this felt like a... It's not, again, it's not a write-off. I know we will see Loki again. But as far as the amalgamation of what everything was leading to, this seemed very um, poetic of how he ended out where he ended up being. Well, I think it's 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 very it's very you know it's very clever in the sense that you know season one or episode one of season one was called Glorious Purpose, yes, and the final episode is also called Glorious Purpose, which itself is an Orvilleus loop, right? Like he has now created completed the loop as a total within the Loki series itself. Um, I think I would be very surprised if you did get another season of Loki. Um, the writers pretty much said but, they signed it for two. Yeah. And, 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 you know, again, it's one of those, like, you actually did a good job of telling a story that has, you know, a, a very completed cycle to it. 
Um, and, and I think, like I said, it, you know, very clever, um, especially when you consider again, that this was written by two different writers. Each season was written by different writers. Yeah. Um, but it was very clever in terms of, of creating that closed loop and, uh, you know, sort of bringing you back to, you know, when they go back to the, the he who remains stories, you know, where Sylvie's there trying to kill him. And the conversation that he then has with he who remains, I thought that was very, very clever um, in terms of, you know, and, and opens up a ton of questions, you know, like, you know, to me, the, the big question is, does he who remains, is he planning on Loki to take this mantle up or does Loki actually sort of step outside of what his perceived, um, you know, end result of this is? And, you know, does he terminate sort of his vision? Um, you know, and there, I think there's a, a, an argument to be made for both sides. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to play into Deadpool. Uh, obviously, I, I should preface this, neither one of us has seen the Marvels. And I believe there is no. some um, multiverse stuff that is connected in there, at least if the rumors are true. Well, you see some incursions, right? You'll see, you're, yeah. There's supposed to be some incursions in it. So yeah. you'll, you'll get a sense of that. I, I think the one thing that is is very interesting in this and you know i think we'll talk about it a little bit more later when we get into the variety article of it all is there has been no point in any of this where i really truly feel like they're making kang out to be like an overarching villain like um you know even all the little the little tidbits that you got of thanos throughout phase one two one and two you know, you, you still got the sense that this was a formidable bad guy that you were going to be dealing with. And and so far in this, you're like, you know, you could have just as easily had Miss Minutes be the, the evil character in all of this. It didn't have to be Kang or He Who Remains or Victor Timely or whoever. You know, you could have had it be Miss Minutes. Um, so, you're you know, in, in a lot of ways, you, they haven't really done a lot to make anybody feel like, you know, Kang is somebody who's going to be a formidable villain that the Avengers are going to have to be brought together to defeat. Having said all that, um, I, I did think, you know, Jonathan Majors as Kane, really, as he who remains, really delivered. And you're just like, man, why'd you have to be such a scumbag? <laughs> like, you are very well suited for this role. And I would be more excited for Kane Dynasty. And we don't know what's going to happen with Kane Dynasty. I mean, we don't know if it's going to be recast it or not yet obviously the trial is still happening we know the disney movie that he was in or at least disney produced movie that he was in uh that had some oscar buzz for him that got pushed indefinitely until this trial is done um so you know in that variety article they said oh if you know the end of loki disney is fucked going forward and i want like so how are they fucked because i I didn't think that there was this big all-purpose Kane matters entirely to what's going forward. Yeah, there's the he who remains stuff, and you said like, where is he in time potentially? Did he know much stuff? But I didn't walk away with like, oh, they're screwed because of Kane. No, I, I, I just don't. I think the only thing that I would say is, is you would expect that if if this you know this is where you got the first view of Kang, right? Like you know you've got the he who remains character and everything, and you you kind of got the sense of of what was potentially coming. I think the only part that I don't, I don't know if it means that you're fucked, but I would say that, you know, you're going through this. And again, the sense of Kang being this, you know, Thanos level bad, I don't come away from this story thinking that. I certainly didn't coming out of, you know, 
Quantumania. Um, Man, know, did they bury no that, part that, of this. that cane in this episode too, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, like, right, like you some just, random one in 616. Oh, he wasn't that big of a deal though. Right. You know, and I, I just feel like, you know, it's, it's such an interesting, it's almost as though the, the decision that sort of maybe this, this version of Kang is not, is not going to be the overarching bad, you know, does, does he come across now as sort of an Ultron type character in sort of the, the stories, um, you know, where it's, it's not as big a bad as, as you were as a, as a, like I said, as a Thanos level character, um, maybe maybe that's just the path that they're on you know again i don't think they're they're fucked but i certainly think they maybe played their hand a little bit here that they're not leaning into this kang character as being you know the be all and end all of this phase which is weird like you know to have to have a multiverse story and to center it around time travel and all of that like kang is the right character for that but in the same breath you know, I just don't think I don't think he's had it has had the traction from the fandom either, you know, because I think there is this version of, you know, when you talk, start talking secret wars, you know, what have we all done? Where's Dr. Doom? Like, that's the character that should be the focus of a secret wars. Where's the Beyonders and where's Dr. Doom? Yeah. Um, so maybe this is one of those situations where, you know, I it's funny, you know, I, I feel like when you look at at the last phase and a half, it really feels as though sort of, you know, Kevin Feige's hand is wasn't on the wheel. Um, you know, it, it feels like he had like a big picture in mind, but it didn't feel like from a, a movie to movie, show to show, that he had his hand on the wheel of all of this. And you really starting to see now, you know, you see the, the change, obviously, with Bob Iger going back into, into the head of Disney. You see the changes that have been made here over the strikes, you know, whether it's Daredevil, you know, you hear the, the comments that have come out of this Variety article, you know, all the things that have apparently been discussed during that that Palm Springs um, summit, Marvel summit. It very, very much feels like Kevin Feige has his hand back on the wheel. Um, and he's, you know, you, you have somebody who's saying, no, that's not good enough. No, that's not good enough. No, we, you know, there needs to be a direction that makes sense to the common fan, but to the comic fan as well. And, you know, I think, you know, again, you know, you and I haven't seen the Marvels, but, you know, Nia DaCosta, who's the director of the show, you know, she came forward and, you know, she and to her credit, she is a huge comic book fan. She is a huge X-Men fan. Um, but, you know, she talks about, she talked about, you know, the, the Kamala Khan character and saying like, I didn't really like her powers. So we changed her powers. And I think to a certain extent, the comic book people and someone like Kevin Feige, I think are like, "Mm, that's not what I want. I don't want you going. I don't think that's, you know, to quote Daredevil. I don't think that's very cinematic um, in terms of a power. So I want to come up with something different. And I think what, you know, what, Kevin Feige has done such a good job. And I think everybody has, you know, you know, given him his his flowers for in terms of getting through to Endgame, is that he was very true to the the nature and the the power sets and all of that sort of stuff of the characters. And I am hopeful that, you know, what you know the variety article is really showing and and obviously, you know, the Daredevil um, you know, changes that are coming is that he has very much put his hand back on the wheel 
And it's like, hey, I know that you director like to have some creative, you know, flexibility and all that sort of stuff. But I have a story that has millions of fans that are eager to see. I don't need you with your creative license pissing them all off. You know, we, we talked about, I think, last the last pod, you know, sort of the Daredevil story where they were like, you know, the first episode they were going to kill off Karen and they were going to kill off Foggy. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you cannot kill those characters off in episode one of a show. Um, I think, you know, you're seeing it a little bit even in the Echo, you know, the trailer for Echo that's come out. You know, you see the version of Kingpin that was, you know, very much front and center in the Netflix shows, but is very much the version of Kingpin that, you know, we are all accustomed to from the comics. You know, the guy that we got a little bit in Hawkeye was like, whoa, what is this? Like, what's with the cheesy version of Kingpin? Like, th this is not this is not the Kingpin that I am accustomed to or that I want in my MCU. And I think very much this is a Kevin Feige hand back on the wheel sort of situation. Yeah, and I think you kind of, you see the reflections now that with the post-strike, uh, everything that's going on there, right? I think, you know, the timing is perfect for everything. Like Loki, rave reviews from last night from the finale. I think it's above board. Everyone is very, very happy with the finale. Marvel's has positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes and it seems like mixed to slight thumbs up reviews at least right now i would say is the best yep i think we're, we're both going to it. watch it this weekend aren't we we're going to i'm going to see it this weekend are you going to see it this weekend as well i am hoping to see it monday at the latest but yes i will see yeah. it uh because so we'll probably tomorrow. we'll maybe do a pod next week about it yeah we definitely will uh but i i think the way that they have you look at the new slates that they have next year so i believe no date yet is for what if but what if it's coming around Christmas time? So that's whatever. Like you said, Echo looks good. And I think kind of taking a break next year is best for everybody. You know, you have Deadpool, which will be a huge draw. It always is, right? Uh, Deadpool will probably do seven, eight hundred million uh, because that's kind of succeeded any Marvel superhero fatigue because people just like the character of Deadpool at this point. So people will be excited for that. And then you got no other Marvel movie. And I like that they what they did with Captain America, right? They know that they could be like, hey, we gotta still, we gotta pump these things back out. We gotta schedule, you know, we gotta get to Cap and then we gotta get to Thunderbolts because we need to get to Kane Dynasty and Secret Wars. And I think you're right with Feige having the hand back in the wheel, being like, no, redo this because we haven't done that in the past and things have been bad. Captain America had some test screenings. They didn't like stuff. So they're gonna do some major reshoots of stuff that they're taking apparently like three major scenes out of it. And that was supposed to be out of May, but I think it's better to be smarter with it. And it's a big deal for, you know, for Sam Wilson's character to be Captain America in his own movie for the first time too. That is a big deal. Uh, so get it right. And with Deadpool, Sean Levy said it's 50% complete, but you know, they'll do some research with that because, you know, Ryan Reynolds will do his ad lib and everything like that. And it gives time too for the Thunderbolts. And I believe we're getting a fantastic four announcement. The rumor was next week. The, the, the important thing is kind of what you talked about, Andy, is so next year we're going to take a little bit of a break, a step back from everything. Won't be Daredevil next year. Daredevil will also be in 2025. I almost look at you get Deadpool next year, you get Echo, maybe Agatha, which I it looks like it's still tentatively December 2025, uh, 24. Yeah. Maybe Agatha, but it's kind of like a little bit of a break for everyone, and everyone kind of gets a break from superhero fatigue for a year before we really come back in 2025. 
Well, I think you know, I think this is a real reflection of the difference between what you had with Bob Chapek and now what you have back with Bob Iger. You know, Chapek was he his whole goal was you know content, 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 and quality be damned. Like he didn't care if it wasn't quite to the Marvel level or you know what the the fans were used to. He was like, no, I need content out. We need four movies out. Like you know, we want to see you know three and a half billion dollars in four movies. And so long as we get that, that keeps us happy. And, you know, Feige and all of those guys, I think we're looking at things saying, yeah, but that that's not what we've tried to do here. That doesn't go in line with the, you know, the, the stories that we've been trying to tell. And thankfully having Bob Iger back, I think, you know, has, has allowed them to say, look, man, we're not going to make a ton of content this year. And maybe that's going to hurt us. But when we start to come back with the content, you know, when we put out Secret Wars, this has a chance to be a $3 billion movie. You know, the fans will come back for that. Um, you know, and if you do the story right and you build it up right, you know, it's it's funny. You know, I, I, I've sat down and I actually watched Infinity War and Endgame again just, just recently. And, it, you know, you watch those and you're like, like, this is just such a better version of a movie of what quantum mania has been of what love and thunder has been like, you know, you just, this, this is just a, such a much better written scoped out planned out movie. Like you're not sitting there looking at it going, what, what are you doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And that's a time tri trial movie. Like there is time travel involved. This is how you can have, you know, glaring holes. And yes, it wasn't perfect, but you know, it didn't, mess with the continuity of when you were watching the movie. And I, I think that that's obviously where Feige is looking at things saying, you know, we, we can't be back in this situation. I can't put us back, back there and, and, no. you know, have a sacrifice all the good works that we have done along the way. Well, and it's such a saturated market. I mean, last no, uh, the, like, you know, two nights ago, two last, two Friday, th last, last Thursday alone, you had invincible premiere Gen V finale and the penultimate episode of Loki, you know, three different hero properties. So fatigue is there because everyone is rushing stuff out. Now, those happen to be three things that were done really, really well between Invincible, Gen V and Loki. But the market is so saturated with so much stuff. And in 2025, we're getting the DC rebirth. Uh, the Penguin show will be out next year. And I think, you know, Feige does uh, realize that. And I'm sure, you know, uh, Iger does as well that look this is a very saturated busy market now where everybody is trying to do that. like Amazon kind of has their own stuff now DC has their own stuff and we have our own stuff but what made us the most special compared to those other ones we had the leg up we were the New York Yankees of all this right we were the top tier of all this how do we get back from being the Yankees and not the Pirates well, and, and I think it was it was also kind of the idea that, you know, it wasn't even that they were doing it first all the time, but they were doing those stories better, right? Like they they their version of Namor is actually better than the version of Aquaman. Their, yeah. you know, their version of, you know, a, you know, as sad as it sounds, like this version of multiverse is actually still better than what DC has done, you know, in terms of yeah, Flash. it's kind of hard. It's kind of um, hard to not be better than DC's. <laughs> You know, they they set the bar low, that's for sure. But, you know, that being said, it, it's very much a, a situation where you're looking at things and you're like, hey, like this is 
let's let's not give up that advantage that we were first in and we not only were we first but we were doing it better um you know so when dc was coming out with their version of you know whatever you were like no nah, i've already seen this and i've seen it done better so it doesn't really matter um and i i think that's that's back where where kevin feige wants to be and you know i think he's he's probably looked at the success of you know the boys and now gen v and you know, having these R-rated, um, you know, titles on the on the slate, and I think he's 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 won the argument with Disney to say, hey, you're gonna have to get the TVMA button working on Disney Plus because we are gonna put stuff out that's gonna look like that. Like, and that's what the Marvel Spotlight thing is. That, our, our 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 fans want to see the version of Daredevil and the Punisher. And, you know, not the version of Moon Knight that we got. We want to see the the R-rated version of that Moon Knight character because that's what that character is. Do you, Andy, um, do you think that's the point of doing the Marvel Spotlight thing is? I know it's grounded, but do you even let parents know, hey, Marvel Spotlight means things are going to be a little bit more mature? Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I think I think there's going to be a period where you're going to see, like, warnings on when you log into Disney plus that is going to say, Hey, you haven't had to do this in the past, but we're going to have you turn the TVMA on or off or whatever, but be aware, you're not going to see this stuff. If you don't do that, um, you know, you know, people are going to log on one day and they're going to be like, where's my, where's my daredevil show. And they're going to be like, well, you have to go on and turn the, the, you know, you have to make the, the parental control adjustment in order to be able to see an yeah, access. Yeah, you can't stuff. you can't do Daredevil and, and, I and think you that's can't important. do Deadpool without them being TVMA or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I I think you have to you you I think you know that's that's if there's a if if Kevin Feige is probably looking at something like the boys or Gen V, he's probably saying, hey, this is proof that 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 the fans want this type of content, and I know we're Disney, but you know. If we want to be true to these characters, you know, whether it's Daredevil or or Deadpool or the Punisher or whoever, you know, we have to be we have to honor these characters in the light that, that the fans know them as. And I think on, on the Gen V side of things, I think you saw like when you put a quality show out, it can bring buzz back to your product because the last season of the boys was fine. It was okay. You know, they brought in Soldier Boy and it was a it was a fine season, but then you add what everything with Gen V is to the lead-in of the season of the boy, and the anticipation for the season of the boys is even higher now because of how good Gen V was. And Feige knows that. That's the anticipation you want to have, right? When you you finish the movie, like, oh shit! But now I got to see this, and I can't wait. Even with Captain Marvel, a big yeah. part of that was like, oh, I, it's an it's a movie between Endgame, but there was anticipation, and that's why these movies were all making a billion because you couldn't wait to see the next thing. You couldn't wait to see the next Marvel show. And that has really died. I think Loki caught it a little bit back in this last little bit. And but you know the, the crazy quality. part is is Loki Loki from a fan perspective is forty percent down in viewership from I season know. one. Like I know it crazy. is a significant number. And you're like, what what are you what do you now have to do to bring people back? Like, will Loki be something that people will will come back to sort of as as things go? Or well, they kind of have happen? to, right? Because it's it's a major. It is a major part of the MCU. Absolutely, with his story, and, and, but, with his story I, I think, and I and I just think that that's something that 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 Kevin Feige is looking at, like right right now. He's like, okay, we have alienated some people with some of the stuff that we have put out. 
And we need to get more of that. We have to give a reason for that more casual fan to come back to us. You know, the sweaty nerds, they're going to be there, whether they like it or not, they're going to watch everything that, that comes out. But the casual fan who was captured by, you know, RDJ as Tony Stark and Scarlet as Black Widow and, and all of that. Like, what are you going to do to bring them back? I mean, that's the strength of Tom Holland, right? Tom Holland is such a good version of Spider-Man that that's keeping the more casual fan invested in that story. Absolutely. Um, just to kind of wrap up on Loki really quick here before we get to the other stuff with uh, the article and whatnot. And I, I guess, the, you know, there's there's little other things to say. I think there's a few Easter eggs here of, you know, we know Mobius and Miss Minutes are going to be in Deadpool. Uh, but the Renslayer side of things, what do you think happens to Renslayer now? Because she was pruned. I'm guessing she will find herself to the Cane of Consoles, uh, the Console of Canes, I'm assuming. I don't know. Like, I, I think I think the fact that you left her in such a limbo position as well shows that maybe you don't have this this glorious purpose for um for kang anymore you know like yeah it, it, she's such an important part to that kang character and you basically kind of just like brushed her off and give her this fate where she's sitting in the void and you know in comes Elias, and you don't even see what happens um you know in the comics she actually tames Elias. that would have been a very cool ending to her story if you would have seen her tame Elias at the end and you know have Kang show up and she like, sees the hey, little great. the little plaque at the end there. Right. So, yeah. you know, I, I I feel like there's, you know, you you didn't give her the finale that you would typically do if you had a future for her. And, you know, her her future is very much tagged tied to the Kang character. And and I think the fact that you didn't do that shows that maybe maybe you're 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 hedging your bets a little bit in terms of what the Kang future really is. And we know also the TVA, they play a major point in Deadpool. Uh, so we'll see how they kind yep. of, and, and with them being part of Deadpool, I'm assuming they'll be somewhat of a part, obviously, of Secret Wars as well. You would think so. Um, I think it's very interesting the way they did they did end this. Like, you know, you, you, the, the meeting at the end where there's like a room full of judges now, there's, you know, it's not just one person telling you exactly what everything needs to be done. It, you know, you, you've almost got a bit of a democracy going and, you know, yeah. you've got a bunch of people who are going to be invested in terms of, you know, how do they deal with the timelines and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think that's, I think that's interesting. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the version of the TVA, is it going to be a version that is before the ending of loki or after the ending of loki that that shows up in deadpool yeah i'm very interested in that side as well i i think it, it you know i think we're in a nice row with disney plus shows i think ahsoka did a really good job i know there's some people that weren't the biggest fans of it near the end but i think they're just nitpicking at this point to be completely honest for the stuff that they're complaining about in ahsoka and i, I thought loki did a really good job with everything and you know doing what these shows are supposed to do moving storylines forward, introducing new characters that you're going to get in films and in movies. And they did a good job of that. And then leaving us with a big point. I mean, I guess to your casual friends, you can just be like, yeah, look, he's a tree. He controls time. I guess that's the, the cliff dummy notes for it. If you really have to. Right. I mean, you know, he's, he's basically the one that is now powering the timeline. 
Worlds. Like it's it's very very cool in terms of what it does. But like I said, I think if the average person, the you know the the non you know crazy comic book fan is probably going to watch the end of that and go, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> like yeah. So you know why did why did some versions of the timeline that he grabbed and powered and then he let them go and they died like what does that mean like you know you know he seemingly has to hold on to every version of every timeline in order for them to have life like again what does that mean um i, I again i think for somebody who maybe doesn't know too much of the story or you know do a little bit of research is going to come away from that going what the hell happened <laughs> yeah it, it definitely would be so and you were talking about how loki kind of becomes like the storyteller of marvel that's kind of his destiny in the comics right in the comics he becomes the god of stories um so i mean when you think about it i mean if you're the god of time i mean comics exist outside of our time in yeah. reality comics are stories so the god of time or the god of stories is really the same thing in a comic book universe yeah um, and that's what he's doing, right? He's keeping the continuity of the stories. Um, and I think that's a, that's a very cool spot. And I think it's a bit of a, you know, I, everything always is a great, is a great podcast. And I think he talks a little bit about like how he, he, his, his take, I didn't really agree with, cause he talks about, um, you know, this Loki's version of, of wanting a throne. And now he has, he has this little smirk at the end because he has his throne and I think that smirk at the end comes because he's like, I was finally at a place where I didn't want a throne. And that's when I got it. You know, I got this version. I got my true calling when I actually stopped looking for it. And I think, you know, people who, you know, you talk about it, there's a lot of people who have, have had success in their lives. And, you know, it sometimes that success comes when you're looking for it the least. And I think that's really what, what the Loki series shows is, you know, Loki goes through this this adjustment in his personality and everything. And, you know, I believe that, you know, he has that conversation with with Sylvie and he says, I, I don't want a throne. Like, and I think he truly believes that. And that's the reason that he finds he finds the throne because he's like, this is my this truly is my calling. This is where I can make a difference. Not because I force myself into it, but because it's the right thing to do, yeah, um, which I think is a very in. cool. It's a very cool ending to his arc, right? Like it, yeah. it, it really does show true character development over the course of you know the Loki series and the Loki character in general. And he wouldn't have done all the time jumping if he didn't want to have the greater purpose towards anything. I I agree with you. I think he saw the throne. It's like cool. It is what it is. This is how it happens. But I think it's also well, and it's like that's the smirk, right? It's like yeah. hey. I actually got it. I got it when I wanted it the least. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and he kind of has the same attitude in Ragnarok, right? It, with his face turn, right? When he finally does it at the end, it's like, your savior yeah. is here. But kind of realizing what he had to do to get to that point, right? So, and obviously this is the Absolutely. one that didn't live through everything with Ragnarok, but it's kind of the same parallel of what he has. And even like, we have a Hulk of all that kind of stuff that he does in uh, Infinity War. You kind of see the same switch of greater purpose happen to him before he gets strangled by Thanos in the same way that he sits the chair here. So both these Lokis at the end of the day, that seems to be their purpose is to saving the ones that they care about the most and him sacrificing himself there. And same with what Heimdall did help Thor, who was a big part to help them in Endgame. 
Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And like I said, I, I love that. You know, he, he actually sees that he can't sacrifice Sylvie. He can't sacrifice his friends. You know, the person who he can sacrifice is himself. Yeah. You know, he can put himself in a place where he is making a difference for those that he cares about. Um, you know, he obviously did the same thing for Thor, right? He sees yeah. like, my brother is somebody that is important to me. And yes, I've been a bit of a dick. And but but this is the person that matters. I've lost my mother. I've lost my father. I've lost all the other people who are important to me. I'm not going to sacrifice these people because they are important to me. Mobius is important to me. Sylvie is important to me. And and I think that's the smirk at the end is that him him realizing, hey, this is truly my calling is to make a difference for those I care about. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I think we hit everything, but any last points on Loki that I missed up before we go to the, talk a little bit more about the Variety article and everything? No, no. I think, like I said, I I I, I think it's a great finish. Um, I, I I can see how there there might be some some pushback from work of the casual fan, but as a as a fan of the Loki story, I I thought it was great. I thought it was great too. Um, I think we talked about quite a few things in the Variety article already. So I guess the big thing is now just with Sag. And pushing all, all the stuff back, and we, I guess we already kind of talked about this too, but I do think it is the right decision. You know, again, with Feige on and Iger on the wheel, like if Cap isn't testing well, push it back. You know, like why put out a bad product? And there's no, and Disney could very well be like, oh man, we're going to, we have to push back so many movies next year. We're not going to have, we need to get some bang from these Marvel movies. Disney's going to be fine. They have the parks. At the end of the day, Disney can do one thing that some of these other studios can't do. Like Netflix next year will be running wild to make sure they get out some content. Like they're already trying to get the Stranger Things going up and out so they can potentially have Stranger Things out next year. Netflix will probably be okay, but Disney at the end of the day will always have the parks. That's the one thing they'll always have. So they have the ability and merchandise and everything else. So they have the ability now, and Iger I'm sure knows this too, let's be patient, let's test and make sure that this all works out right. When you do have revenue coming in from Disney Plus, I mean, even if you that have, too. even if that revenue shrinks a little bit, there's money coming in. Like, and they're always I'm not canceling my, I'm not canceling my Disney Plus, you know, membership. I, I'm going to keep it going because I do like to sit and watch, you know, all the old Marvel titles and all the old Star yeah. Wars stuff and all that, all that sort of thing. Like, th there is a value to that to me. So they're going to get my twenty bucks a month because that's just I don't mind paying it and. You know, I, I'm I'm sure I'm not in the minority. Yes, there's going to be people who, you know, they give they say they're you know, gonna have churn and you're gonna have people who are gonna come and go. But I, I think um, you know, th there is a revenue stream there. And and as somebody who loves this content, I would rather watch good versions of this stuff, stuff that I know is Kevin Feige approved, um, uh, than something that I, I think he's putting out where he's like, eh, I hope that's okay. You know, I hope. I hope they forgive me for this. Um, yeah. You know, I don't. I don't want more titles like that. No, uh, I don't. I don't think there was really anything. It's, it's all kind of the same thing from that Variety article, right? Like his blades, kind of the same thing of redoing Blade to make it the best that it can. So now they're doing that, and obviously, well, what are your thoughts a bunch of, scripts. This, of this? The, the whole thing in terms of moving away from Kang and bringing Doctor Doom in, and like that really seems to me that was the highlight of that article was that idea that they've they've made that pivot away from Kang as the 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 title villain. I always kind of thought that was Secret the case, Wars is though. Be. 
because that's what Secret Wars is, is Doctor Doom. So it's like, people are like, oh right? my god, if you don't have Doctor Doom, like, you don't have Doctor Doom. that's weird. <laughs> that's why like, some people are like, we're going to get Doctor Doom. I'm like, have you not read Secret Wars? No, I just know it's cool. I'm like, maybe read Secret Wars. Because Doctor Doom plays yeah, a pretty big cool. piece. It is cool. You should read it. <laughs> Doctor Doom plays a pretty big piece on it. And we also have this thing called Fantastic Four in two years. So, you know, that's also... I think for Marvel too, the thing that works best for them is if they wait till 2025, they can use all the X-Men and they can recast them if they want to because of the deal they made with Fox. So them waiting one more year next year is like, yeah, we don't give a shit, whatever. Well, I think they know Secret Wars is going to be like the, the, the swan song for all those characters, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be the ultimate fan service moment. It's going to make, you know, the the Andrew and Toby sort of cameo in in Spider-Man look like, you know, kitty shit in comparison. Because this is going to be, everybody is going to be there. Do we have any um, double castings and, and then it gets, from, Mar- from X-Men um, Fox at all in Marvel? I think, I think you're, I think you're very, you very well could see like, Two versions of of Magneto. You could see two versions. Well, I know, of I know that, but X-Men. we don't have actors. Do we have actors that played in the Fox X Men that have played stuff in Marvel? I don't think we have. Doctor uh, Professor X. In uh, no, I know that, but like played another character, body. like an actor that played another no, character. No, 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 no. They're no, somehow got really lucky on that, right? That this no one was recast as a different role, so they could just have these actors all portray the original roles they had. I guess Chris Evans, because he's the Human Torch in the Fox series. Yeah, and I think there's a rumor that he's going to be in Deadpool. Right? <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's the big one. Yeah, I think John, that, that, that casting of Johnny Storm is really the only the only overlap version. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this this idea of this pivot towards Doctor Doom is is the right thing like and again it, it it's a another one of those things where it feels like you know kevin feige has has jumped back in his self-driving tesla and said hey maybe i should put my hands in the wheel because uh, i'd like to get us to the right place <laughs> yeah i didn't read that variety article and be like the sky is falling i read it and be like yeah there are some fuck-ups but things are getting put back into shape that's how i read it at least i don't know how you read it but i i i didn't read it and be like the sky is falling i'm like they realize mistakes were made. This is a over a decade thing. I guess almost 16 years, almost two decades worth of this. This is unlike something we've ever seen since probably like the what 1920s, 30s uh monsterverse, realistically. Like, yep. and that wasn't even well, you at the remember, impact Kevin this Feige was. was a producer on the original X-Men movies. Like mm-hmm. he has been in this right from the from the jump. Uh, you know, you 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 hear Rick very cool stories from uh you know, guys like Hugh Jackman who talk about, you know, Feige as this super producer on the on those X-Men shows and, you know, what his, how his role has developed within all of that, um, I think is really interesting. Yeah, so I do I, have a question I, for you. There's a, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a report that's come out now that's that sounds like this has some real legs in terms of. At the end of Secret Wars, Kevin Feige will be leaving the MCU and will be taking over Star Wars. I'd rather... Um, what you... I'd rather Filoni. So, so the, the conversation that, that has come out of that is very much a... And it makes sense. Is that Filoni is a, crea- is a creative. Mm-hmm. 
he's not a business person. So Filoni will definitely still be like, he'll be involved in that sort of the creative oversight of Star Wars, but that he'll have someone like Kevin Feige who will be there, who will understand, you know, more of the world building, the business side, all of that sort of stuff, keeping the continuity all together. Um, and the conversation is that maybe at that point, Favreau goes over and takes over Marvel. The MC. It's kind of like what yeah. DC has done. And forgive me, I don't know the other gentleman's name, but the other guy that's with DC seems like he's doing the business and they're letting Gunn do the creative. That's that idea seems like, which seems idea. And I mean, I'm sure in as good as Favs is, I'm sure if Marvel had their way, they would have liked to have Gunn take over for Feige. But now he's on to DC. I mean, I, I think you, you're the, the good thing about Fabs having Fabs there is that he was, I mean, he's been there right from the jump. Started like it. he's been Started there since, since, since Iron Man. And I think, you know, obviously you, you, you still keep Feige in the building, you know, in the, in the Disney family. So just Catherine you know, Kennedy's still, gone though, right? That this is what you're saying. Catherine Kennedy but it, is but gone. It, this is, this is really what this is, is this is okay. the end of Catherine Kennedy. Um, and, and I think that makes sense. Like, I think you stop then having the, we have 16 different Sony Star Wars movies, you know, the Star Wars movies that are going to be out there, all of which are doing radically different stuff. And yeah. Catherine Kennedy seems to be like, yeah, that's cool. Let's just keep doing that. You know, you you had the Taika movie. You had a Feige movie. You had a Floney movie. You had, had all these other things. And you're like, how is this helping your your overall continuity? And and Feige at least understands that, you know, he understands what that looks like from a business sense and why it's so valuable to your fandom. Um, you know, God, I mean, could you imagine if, you know, Feige was able to create a similar sort of 10 year run of Star Wars like he's done in the MCU? Like talk about cementing your role as the, the most important producer in movie history. <laughs> kidding. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if you saw the South Park episode that happened two weeks ago. I'm sure you heard about it at the very least of yep. they just absolutely destroy Catherine Kennedy in that. So And I think that's you know, it, you know, it's 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 bad when your fandom actually looks at that person who is at the helm of your Well, because we know what she of did to this past season. I know you like this I know you just watched back Mando and it's and you said you enjoyed it more watching it back, but I think a big part of it is Grogu was just there. And I'm sure watching it back, you're kind of still think the same way. It's like, yeah, Grogu didn't need to be in this. This could have just been Din Djarin. Absolutely. And, but at the end of the day, you know, do you have Grogu in there solely because he's a moneymaker? Absolutely. Like you can't yeah. not have him in there because he is your license to print money from a licensing perspective. Yeah, But if you have that, then why are you not using him and showing a character development and a growth and all of that sort of stuff? And there is some of that in there. And I think in watching it back the second time, you do see some more of that. You just see it happening so slowly. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, come on, let, let's make this character be more. Um, but I do like the idea. Like, I know you called it the Mandalorian. And I suppose, you know, the story should be about Din Djarin. But you know, I there is a line in that where Katie Sackoff is actually talking to Grogu when he when he comes to her to try to help him help her rescue Din. And she says, Did you think he was the only Mandalorian? And I thought that's such a, a pivotal line to the to the title of the, the story. 
is that it's not just about one Mandalorian, it's about the Mandalorian culture. And I think if you get your head around it a little bit differently, you're like, oh, I can see why Filoni did it the way he did, because he's telling a story about a people, not a person. Um, and, and I think in watching it back the second time, I really got more of that out of the story. Um, and I stopped looking at it like, this is dumb. You know, you, why do you have Bo-Katan as, you know, more important character than you do Din? Um, and, and you see some of the, the ways that he defers to her. Like, you know, when he talks to her about, he's like, I didn't know what the Black Saber was. He's like, it doesn't mean anything to me. You know, what means everything to me is, is honor and integrity. And you have that and I will follow you because you have that. Um, you know, and I think there are those, there are those elements of that story that make a lot more sense when you, when you see it out of the context of the day to day and you stop doing some of the nitpicking and you see them all in a row and you're like, you know what, I, I, I get more of maybe where they were driving with this story, um, in honor, on a rewatch. Uh, the last thing, uh, Gen V, have you seen the, uh, the season finale? I did. Man, uh, and I, it was—it's—it's it's awesome, man. It is. It—it. It, I actually like it. It, it was the most surprising show, most surprising show of the year for me was Gen V. How much I grew to enjoy it, and like I said, I was whatever on the boys for the past season. The boys, it was fine. Holy crap, am I excited for the boys now with the virus out and with everything with the kids and everything with ho- the, the with the way that Homelander's going. Uh, it, I'll tell you that—that that was the job. worst part about the last episode. Homelander being in the last episode, I was like, oh, okay. Like, what do you do? Like, this didn't need to happen. None of Homelander being in the end of that story needed to happen. And again, it's one of those where I'm like, look, if I start watching the season four of The Boys and Homelander is still, like, unable to be hurt by anything, like, if if that's what the path that you're on again, you know, that, yeah. that's the part of The Boys that I don't like. Like, Superman stories have Superman being vulnerable. That's why Supes is a good character. You can't just have Homelander and have him be like, it doesn't matter what you think, he can't well, be hurt. we do have something though, right? Because oh, Butcher, the... Butcher now knows what the virus is. And... I know, but if you now make the virus unable to also hurt Homelander, where he's like, ah, Yeah, that'll be stupid. That'll be stupid. I'll be like, oh. Yeah, like, I mean, Newman that's going to be able to blow his head up with the blood stuff. Like I those think two so. characters should be able to kill him. Yeah, but they probably won't. <laughs> the virus thing will be interesting because it's like, what is Butcher going to do with it? Is he going to put it in the water supply? Like, what is he going to? You just don't know with him. And like, it's like, yeah, sorry, Starlight, you're fucked. Sorry, Huey, your girlfriend's fucked. Sorry, uh, Kimiko. Doesn't care. So as long as as long as as long as the boys doesn't go back into that trope of Homelander being, you know, above everything else and indestructible. Like I don't I don't want one character that has so much plot armor that nothing, like nothing that happens with him has any consequence. Um. So I I hope that they make that pivot a little bit away from that, and and hopefully the virus is something that that does that. But Gen V as a story, like. Awesome. Like to me, this is like this is how cool X Men could be. I absolutely. And, I, I and think the part, too. The part of it that I like too is I think you're the same, right? Is the boys and Gen V was not scared 
away from the idea of how powerful these characters could be. Like, there was no sugarcoating what their power, like their power levels could be. And that's the one thing that I would really like to see with the X-Men that you, you see that they're, the version of their power is so incredible that that you you get a sense of it. Not that it's it's neutered down. Like it's the versions of the Hulk that you're watching and you're like, this is dumb. Like I, I don't want this version of smart Hulk who thinks violence is dumb. Like I don't want that. I, I want yeah. a version of Hulk who is out trying to destroy the planet. That's the version of the Hulk that I want. And I like to, I mean, it, it's simplistic, but the, the role reversal of Xavier and Magneto in this, super simple, but it worked. Kind of like the toning down of the Absolutely. meds. There's a lot of stuff about parenting and leading, which they're young, which is a big part of the, you know, the X-Men comics as well. I, I thought they did a good job. And, you know, you know, a lot of these shows, we talk about representation of these shows. I thought they did a really good job of how they used everyone for the representation in the show really, really well. And it didn't feel like representation just for the sake of it. Like no. it didn't, there was no roll, eye roll moments where you were like, oh, okay, here we go. It was, you know, hey, no, this fits the story. And there was no, there was no moments where you were like, oh, this is being done just for the sake of it. Yeah, especially with the Jordan character. I thought that was a really well-told story. And I think there's still more meat in that bone. They could really go down with the Jordan League, just the, the stuff with, um their parents and dealing with everything that they had with that i thought was really well done i think they made the marie character really strong and i'm interested like how does she survive a homelander blast so that's that's something i'm really interested in and then with sam like kate gave him no emotion so he's just this numb you talked about it kind of with the hulk thing he's just a numb killing machine now and how does kate's effects wear off eventually does she have to wear them off how does it work? Because if is not, is he just the ultimate weapon for Vought at this point of just be like, kill, and he has no morale or regret at all? Right. Because he's the one character that you're like, between him and Marie, you're like, okay, I would be very curious to see what these two characters going up against Homelander would really look like. Yeah. But I don't want it to be like both of them attack Homelander and he just sits there and is like, you can't hurt me. I'm all good. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't need to see that. <laughs> yeah, we. The only way you know how to get him so far, like we said, is social media. That's a weakness for him, and there <laughs> is a mental vulnerability for him. But I don't think that has been exploited enough. And he's obviously going to be standing trial for killing that Starlight fan, and with everything with that. And obviously, he has his son there. But that's the one vulnerability is his son. Um. So, but I and we know. Soldier Boy is on ice. I don't think we'll see Soldier Boy in this next season. Uh, but I agree with you. The one thing I really need to see is a lot more vulnerability from Homelander in different ways. Not just emotional, not just because someone caught him saying something and recorded a Snapchat video or TikTok. I need to see like him be like, shit, that can actually kill me and I'm scared. Right. Like, and, and that's it. Like, those are the those are the reasons why Soups is such a good character, right? Because there is a vulnerability to him. There is versions of the bad guys that you're like, oh, this could actually do Soups damage. Like this is not it's not a foregone conclusion that he's going to be fine at the yeah. end of this story run. Um, and and right now, everything that you've watched with the boys, you're like, well, Homelander is going to be fine, and he's going to be a dick along the way. Perfect. 
Why am I watching? Because I know that's how this is going to end. Well, that's why some of Superman's villains work so good, right? Lex can just outsmart him, for example, right? Doomsday can literally kill him. Parasite is always such an interesting villain because he can suck his power out and get it and be, become an equal to him, right? Brainy, uh, Brainstorm, kind of the same as Lex, can more or less outsmart him on stuff. And then there's, you know, there's smaller characters like Toyman and Miss Apixelius, but he's just kind of a trickster, right? And again, magic, we know that hurts him. So there's elements to that. With Homelander, he's mainly only gone against, you know, Starlight a little bit, Maeve a little bit, Soldier Boy, who can go, Kamiko a little bit, who can throw punches at him and whatever. But like you said, I, I need to see some real, and I think that's why they, you know, got Soldier Boy. And, you know, Soldier Boy made him bleed and everything like that, but nothing real serious was done. So I do want to see some vulnerabilities. And I think the threat of the virus will be that. I can't imagine he will be immune to the virus. Well, it's so funny. Like they made this like his eye blast. Like this is like the ultimate weapon in the in the universe. The, yeah. the, the, the eye beams. And I'm like, I don't know. Like that doesn't strike me as that this should be the be all and end all power. Um, you know, like they, they gave it to Butcher kind of. So it would be something that he could match, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, again, you know, you want to see some vulnerability. and You want to see that there's some potential consequence to his character, because right now, his character is not growing. It's not developing. It's not doing any of those things because he doesn't have to. He's just a dick and he's well, happy being well, a dick. And he's realizing he can be a dick now, right? Because he's this Trump-like figure now, right? He's like, I can literally do whatever I want. And the people that love me, love me. And the people that don't like me, who gives a fuck? He, he, that's exactly yeah, where his character <laughs> was. Like, he, like, like kind of that line that Trump said is, I can walk down the middle of the road and shoot anyone and you guys won't care. Well, he literally did that. And he's going to stand trial, and he's probably going to be found innocent in it. And because he'll have his survive, he has Vought behind or, or him, and he has something where he, he feels like he saves the he saves the world, or he saves the U.S. And they're like, "Oh, it's okay, we forgive you." <laughs> yeah. So it'll be. Uh, I, I think they did a really good job of getting the anticipation for the season, and I think with all the characters, you know, a lot of these two unknown actors, no one really knew, and I thought all of them gave great performances and made you. As each episode went on, it did a really good job of progressing the story, too, of wanting to learn more. And that Kate episode um, was really, really well done. Well, there was no episode that you finished and you were like, so, filler. Like, this yeah. was, you know, there was no, you know, monster of the week or any of those types of types of moments in it. You know, the story moved along at a good pace every single week. And, you know, it, it also didn't do what unfortunately a lot of the mcu or or even the star wars shows do where you got down to the penultimate episode and you were like man you got a lot of stuff to cover in one more episode like i didn't feel that going through the story that there's a lot more for you to get to and you only have one episode to get to it yeah um anything else from this week andy before we wrap it up here that's it, man. I think, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens now with the Marvels and uh, sort of how that fits in. And uh, and then uh, I guess it's going to be a bit of a wait until we get to Echo. But, man, I'll tell you, I, uh, you and I have talked about Echo a bunch of times about how we were like, man, I don't understand how this is even a show. Yeah. And I watched that trailer and I was like, holy crap, I can't wait to see this. And it's a like, binge. Right. 
and it's I, i'm surprised i actually thought that they, this might be something that they would put out over you know that would be out around christmas so it would be something that you could binge over the holidays the fact that it's coming out on the 10th is almost a little bit disappointing because it would be something that i wish i could watch over the holidays yeah um but that being said um i i think and maybe the binge idea is because it's more of a fringe character. Well, it's because it's like going on Hulu, the, right? The binge, I think the binge the, helps you. The adult shows seem like they're going to be going on Hulu, for now at least. I mean, with Disney buying it outright and taking Comcast's side of Hulu, you would have to assume that that means that Disney is going to merge and just have a Disney Plus and then an ESPN, and then cut out the Hulu brand, and kind of what we have up here in Canada, where Star is kind of our Hulu for the most part, but just have it all encompassed into one. You would assume so. I mean, or or I mean, Disney keeps it, and they say this is how we have our separation of our TVMA, right? Like that Hulu. Yeah, this is our this is the FX stuff, and this is Marvel Spotlight. Yeah, so, so maybe they keep well. it in the U.S., but I think you know, like obviously we're in Canada, that we don't we don't have that separation. We don't have Hulu. And yeah. I think that's the same thing in, in Europe and, and in the other markets where, like you said, Star is kind of our Hulu. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, like I said, that if, if there was one thing out of all of this that I have been just stunned by, this is probably the first Marvel trailer in a long time that I was like, holy crap, this is not what I thought I was going to be getting. And I'm telling you, if this is not what Daredevil was going to be, I am elated that they stopped it and went nope nope this is what the story should look like yeah like let's make sure we have these characters that look like this like in that trailer where like they back up and she like shoots that guy in the neck and i was like oh this is like this is netflix marvel stuff this is great <laughs> so i'm just kind of trying to fill out the rest of the uh the phase here so like i said next year uh we have echo we have the two animated shows with X-Men 97 and that Spider-Man show. And then we have Deadpool and then probably um, Agatha. Agatha uh, I don't think we get Ironheart next year. That might be getting scrapped. I've heard mixed stuff on that. I don't know. You've heard about that. It's still, it's still on the, it's still on the schedule for Ironheart. Mm-hmm. I think they did such a good job of bringing her into the, into this, the fold in terms of, you know, having her in Wakanda forever, that I think it's a good it's a good version of the character. And maybe it gives you a Tony Stark liked like character. And obviously, you know, you're moving more and more towards young Avengers and and I think that makes sense to have have her in in that in that storyline. Yeah, the original Comic Con one was Ant Man, Invasion, Guardians, <laughs> then Echo, then Loki, then Marvels. So Echo went a little bit behind, then Blade, then Ironheart, then Agatha, then Daredevil, then into Cap. So just kind of as far as the Marvel and DC schedule goes, then we'll get out of here. So talked about all those shows. We're probably ending this year with Agatha. I would assume Ironheart will be next year. Then next year we have what? We have Cap, Thunderbolts, and Fantastic Four next year, right? Yeah. And then 2026, is that Kane Dynasty? Supposedly, yeah. I would assume there'll be a Spider-Man movie before that. Because Tom you Holland think, is apparently shooting I, I think you, in the summer. And, and you know, I, I feel as though like those you could almost 
make a young Avengers movie in before you did Kang Dynasty. You know, yeah. you could put in another Shang-Chi. You could do it. You, you almost need to do another Doctor Strange. Like, there's some other things that you could do before you get to Kang Dynasty. And maybe Kang Dynasty doesn't even happen. Maybe that becomes a different Avengers movie. Yeah. Well, there's still stuff, you know, like, the, like you said, probably another Strange wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, do need another Spider-Man. There is apparently a Thor 5. That'll be probably when he faces Hercules, among other things. Um, yep. So, and then there's still Armor Wars, which I don't know when that transpires. So, you know, Kane Dynasty and Secret Wars, that may not happen until 26 or to 28. Like, it may be a while till we get Secret I, Wars I, now. I think, I, think, I think Secret Wars is 28, 29, to be honest. Yeah, and I think, I think you're going to see, like I said, you're going to see a Young Avengers. I think you'll see... You'll see a couple Avengers movies in there, whether it's Kang Dynasty or not, I don't know, but I think you will see some of those types of stories. Um, but you know, you, you've you you I just it doesn't make sense to to rush to those stories right now. And I think again, Kevin Feige's hand on the wheel says there's going to be no rushing into those stories. And you know, for the Marvel Sony, we now know that that will be continuity into Disney's into six one six eventually so next year we have madam web we have three sony marvels next year madam web craven and venom next year i the, the, crap. the craven <laughs> looks like after playing spider-man 2 i feel bad for that craven now because it's not going to be very good uh i i have no idea where venom will be going i mean there's other venoms that go he could face like an anti-venom and other stuff but it, it in some ways that venom almost needs to face a peter parker or a miles or something right or miles yeah yeah like yeah. you need to that story needs to get wrapped into the 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 spider-man of it all because having that character off on its own is just weird like again it's it's like going on and on and on watching joker movies and you're like why is joker not meeting batman like these two people should meet one another i don't want to watch a lex luther movie no, he doesn't I don't want to see Superman. I don't need to see a Venom. I don't need to see Eddie Brock face another symbiote. You know, he faced the Riz Ahmad symbiote in number one. He faced Carnage in the last one. I, I We're good. I don't need him to face another symbiote. I'd rather whoever right. the Spider-Man of this world is get the symbiote and everything kind of starts that way for him. And then he faces off against that, that uh, Spider-Man, whether it is Toby in that. Well, I guess it wouldn't be Toby, but if it is Garfield in that world, let's just say. Or if it's different and there is a Miles Morales in that world, or even a Gwen Stacy, I don't care. Like, let's go that way because I just don't want to see another yeah. symbiote. I'm not a big fan of those Venom movies. I know you're not. Um, but I mean, they're they're fine. The first one is fun. actually not that bad. The second, the Carnage one, is a little it's a little yeah. cringy. Um, but you know, again, you're like, I I don't want to see these these characters that are so closely linked to another character mm -hmm. seeing them without them is dumb like i said i don't want to see joker without batman i don't want to see lex without superman i don't i don't want to see those things like i don't want to see a hobgoblin movie without spider-man like yeah I, that just doesn't make sense to me madam <laughs> web is so interesting i guess you can kind of do it without it but you know there's so many better movies you could do without spider-man like black cat or silver sable that you could pull off Absolutely. without Spider-Man. I mean, Craven, there is a world of telling him as a young hunter before he goes and finds Spider-Man that is interesting. But the way that they're doing this with like animals, like becoming animals and all that kind of shit, 
like the guy becomes Rhino, I believe in it in the trailer. Like, uh, you know, Sony take a page out of Marvel proper, go rewrite some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Figure it out and realize that it's not just a matter of getting stuff out into the market. Why don't you try to put out some good stuff? And And the worst thing that happened was that very first Venom movie making a billion dollars. Cause it was like, Everyone at at Sony was like, "Hey, we can do whatever we want," and you're like, "Oh man, really? No, no, stop that! Stop thinking that." And then I guess for DC, um, Aquaman will come out, it'll bomb, and then we're done with the Snyderverse. That'll be the the last nugget of it. I still haven't seen Blue Beetle, but I've heard it's fine. Which is I whatever. I, I I think I got I got to Flash, and that was that. Yeah, between Flash and Black Adam and the last Shazam. I'm like, oh man, like Shazam this, was this bad. is all kind of stuff. It's it gonna be hard terrible. to pick my worst movie of the year this year. I just saw Five Night at Freddy's this week. It's there's a lot of bad movies this year. Um, so you get Aquaman, and then I don't think we'll have there's no DC movie scheduled next year, I don't believe. Uh, which is getting no, good for them. Until you get to Legacy, right? And then Legacy, which is the reboot and the rebrand, and big on the line for James Gunn, big on the line for DC, and big on the line for Superman. To reestablish what Superman can be. I mean, Superman and Lois, the CW show, it's coming to an end next year. It'll be the first time, Andy, in 20 years that CW will not have a DC show on its network. It's crazy. crazy. Eh? Yeah. Go back to Smallville. I mean, I think it's time, but you know, again, it's yeah. you, you need to you need to get all of these stories sort of moving in the same direction. And you know. Hopefully that's going to be James Gunn. And, you know, I, I hope that my hope is that it doesn't, you know, like there is some silly elements to guardians and all of that sort of stuff that obviously is, you know, very James Gunn. My, my worry is that, you know, do you get the Taika Watiti love and thunder of it all where James is just like, Hey, I could just do it as goofy as I want. Cause now I'm totally in charge. Like I don't want a goofy version of Superman. <laughs> Yeah, I hope not. Because we saw that, you know, we saw some serious stuff in Suicide Squad, but we also saw some goofy stuff. And same with Peacemaker. But Peacemaker, I think, was made for that. He could Peacemaker, he could really do whatever right. the fuck he wanted to do because no one knew who that character was. So he kind of had the right. open standoff for hope, Peacemaker. But I hope that's not what happens with Supes. Like, no, because Superman is I a... Don't, I don't want you to do that to, to such an iconic character. Because as we discussed, Spider-Man, I think in the lexicon is the more known worldwide hero. Yeah, you're probably right. Or more supported or more popular, whatever you want to say. The more beloved hero. Yeah. If you said, who do you like more, Spider-Man or Superman? It'd be close. It'd still be close. But I think at the end of the day, if you said, who's number one, it'd be Spidey. And like you mentioned, I wonder if Bats is number two and, and Soups has fallen to three. And I, I, the only reason I really think that is just, Spider-Man is just a relatable character, right? Like, yeah, anyone can it, wear the it, mask. It's funny. There's it, it, well, and, and you watch that. You watch the, the episode at the end of Endgame, where Peter goes back to high school. Yeah, and you know, yeah, he sees Dad and everything, and you know, that's like a kind of a touching thing. But there's an element of it where you're like, oh yeah, he's just a kid. Like he just ha- he has a regular like he's not Tony Stark. He's not a billionaire. He's not like a super scientist. He's not an alien. He's just a dude with a regular job and has personal problems. And 
you know, regrets the loss of his family. And there's elements of all of that that I think, and that's why I think Bats is the same. Like there's elements of the torture that Bats has where you're like, that's just relatable to people. And Superman is tough, you know, like when you're a god, basically, and you're from another planet and nothing can really hurt you too much. You're not really living sort of anything that any, you know, fan can relate to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we will be back next week. We will uh, talk about the Marvels next week. And uh, maybe I'll give a little bit more insight of my early thoughts on Invincible. And uh, we may have a fantastic forecasting next week, Andy, potentially. Yep. Yeah, I so, think that, that could be a huge, huge pronouncement. Any last predictions on that at all? None. I, I think that this has been so all over the map. It like has. you have seen... Uh, you know, I bet there's a good eight to ten people that you're like could very well be Mr. Fantastic, all of which you'd be like, Yeah, I could see that. But the two know, names I've so seen terrible. circled I, the I most that... have been Penn Badgley and uh Glenn Hawthorne from Always Sunny. But again, I could just see yeah. them. Now we're just going to go with an unknown. Absolutely. I, I think the John Krasinski of it all is is now gone. Yeah, Krasinski's um, which now I, I is kind of bad because I, I did really like that. Like that yeah. and, and Emily Blunt was such a cool idea. Um, yeah. But, you know, if, if that's not going to be the case, then yeah, I mean, I do feel like maybe this is somebody who's going to be a little bit more of an unknown. Um, there has been the Cena the, thing the rumors that have as well. That's the other rumor, yeah. Cena being the thing. That's been the rumor there. And I've seen Seth Rogen rumored for the thing as well. But I don't believe the Seth one because I think Seth is really happy now doing his own stuff. Like being part of the boys is kind of Seth's baby. He's kind of their Kevin Feige. Yeah. So, and everything he touches, I, I just don't think Seth is going to be part of as many of those big profile properties anymore when he, cut with Grey Points, kind of has his own stuff. I agree. I, I totally agree with you. Like I, I just, he doesn't strike me as that person who's going to be jumping on to the, the blockbuster family. He doesn't need to. It's like, well, unless it's just a character that he's like, you know what, if I get the chance to play that guy, yeah, I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think there are probably actors out there who are like, if I can play that character. Yeah. All right. Give me a call. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening to the pod. Uh, Until next time, for Andy Kinyar, I'm Josh Arbuthnot. Cheers, and enjoy the day, people. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Fresh Take Network. Follow us on social media platforms at Fresh Take 42.